Welcome to the Metropolitan UMC Podcast. We are located at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road in Indian Head, Maryland. Our pastor is the Reverend Daryl K. Mason Sr. And now, today's podcast. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God for his grace and his mercy. I am delighted to be back here. I think it was 22 years ago. And uh, I was introduced to my girlfriend and wife. Some of you may remember Brother Langford, he woke up. <laughs> but uh, thanks be to God uh, for this privilege to come and be with you on this 154th anniversary. I uh, want to thank the pastor, but I must also make a disclaimer uh, when the um, Morgan State University Alumni Association organized here, it was Tommy Datcher who played a significant role in calling the folk together. And so let that be a part of the historical record. Uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed uh, this praise team. I mean, I'm not going to call any names, but uh, I tell you, it is marvelous and awesome. Um, And to the dynamic duo who's ministered on the instruments, thoroughly enjoyed you. Amen. Amen. So much has changed in the past uh, 22 years. I'm not as fast as I used to be. And I'm not as small as I used to be. <laughs> Amen. And um, my girlfriend and wife, I had to keep my eye on her because she sends semaphores and let me know whether I'm within the lane or not. <laughs> Amen. To Delegate Patterson and to Ralph and to all of you, uh, uh, we give honor and make sure everybody get out and vote. Amen. Now to my golf buddies, I'm not swinging the club, so I think I got company, Charles and and, and Brother Al, and, and, and where's Bubba, Bubba, yeah, I guess he's still, yeah, well brothers, I hope one of these days we might be able to get out there and swing it. But let me hasten on um, uh, to God be the glory for the great things that God has done. And so to grace and peace to all on this special Sunday in the life of this historical congregation. God has blessed this house of worship real good. And he is worthy to be praised and to give benediction upon this house of worship. And I thank your pastor, my brother in the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ, 
uh, uh, for allowing me to come and stand behind this sacred desk and utter a word. You know, when you get up in your senior years in the ministry, you know, you can sit on the pew. But every now and then when the pastor goes on vacation, I let you come up and stand behind the, the sacred desk and pray that the congregation is there when he gets back. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, but we extend greetings also to First Lady Jill and for your ministry here in the church. Uh, so I thank God for this precious, precious moments behind this sacred desk. And finally, I, I, I want to Congratulate Metropolitan for this historic milestone. 154 years of continuous vital ministry in the, this community, in particular in the Washington East District of the Southern Region of the Baltimore-Washington Conference of the United Methodist Church. Thanks be to God. Now, having said all that, can we join together in a moment of prayer? Thanksgiving. Uh, gracious God, thank you for the blessing upon this congregation for 154 years of vital ministry in this community. Thank you, Lord, for the saints who faithfully labored in this vineyard to the glory of God. Continue to bless the descendants of those who had the vision to gather as a house of worship. Bless the pastor, officers, and members of this house of worship. Now drop thy still dues of quietness till all our striving cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. Now, Lord, your servant, that your word is lifted up in the trinity of your spirit, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We all mingled our voices together and said, Amen. As I meditated on the theme of your 154th anniversary, open arms creating stronger bonds, it came to me the thought, let's stay together. I'll talk about Al Green later. <laughs> But in the year of 1868, particularly in the uh, area of politics, when recently freed slaves and African descendants in America, Congress passes a law over the veto of President Andrew Johnson that gave African-Americans living in the District of Columbia the right to vote. The 14th Amendment guaranteeing citizenship is ratified. And the 15th Amendment guaranteeing that the right to vote shall not be denied because of, quote, race, color, or previous condition of servitude. And it is passed by Congress and it will not be ratified until the year of 1870. Oscar J. Dunn, 
becomes the first lieutenant governor of Louisiana, the highest elective office yet held by an African-American. Y'all know that. And then W.E.B. Du Bois was born in Great Barrington, Massachusetts. He's known also as a scholar, author, and editor and civil rights leader. So you see the year 1868 was a very important year. Now, do we have any Hamptonians here? In 1868, Hampton Normal, an agricultural institute, is founded in Virginia. They call themselves the Pirates. <laughs> but a pirate may not get near a bear. <laughs> Moving right along. Do we have any bisons here? Well, in the year of 1868, the Howard University Medical School was organized or founded. And then in Georgia, the educator John Hope is born June the 2nd in Augusta, Georgia. And he will become the president of Morehouse College and later the Atlanta University system. So we, we, we see that the year of 1868 was a very important and significant year in the lives of African-Americans. But coming down a little closer to this community, Po Monkey, <laughs> or should I say downtown Po Monkey, a group of folk got together in house churches in this area and began to have prayer services. And the spirit of the Lord moved them to organize what becomes known as Metropolitan Church. And then it moves on to become Metropolitan Episcopal Church and then it comes on down the line. You read the history. I'm not going to tell it to you. I'll let Sister Lillian do that. But it becomes Metropolitan United Methodist Church. And significantly, during these 154 years, the church continues to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and conduct vital ministries within the community. And although it may not have spoken verbally, the attitude among the ancestors here in this community, in their prayer meeting, possibly may have said, let us stay together. Let us stay together as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And beloved, as I look at this, and as uh, brother uh, uh, worship leader read for us the uh, New Testament epistle, uh, Hebrews, let me give you some background for just a few moments. 
And I hope I don't belabor y'all and y'all say, get out, I'm gonna take that side door. <laughs> but, 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 but the purpose of the uh, uh, book or the letter to the Hebrews is to present the sufficiency and superiority of Christ. There's uncertainty as to who wrote this uh, particular document. Some feel that Paul wrote it because Timothy is mentioned within it. But it is unofficial and undecided who actually wrote this letter to a group of Jewish Christians who were sort of wavering in their faith. Somewhat, somewhat like a forerunner pastor that the uh, epistles to Peter, the epistle of Peter, were written to those in the diaspora, meaning those who were dispersed. The Hebrews, uh, Christians, as I said, may have been slacking and returning to Judaism because, to the, because of their immaturity and lack of understanding of biblical truth. That's why Bible study is important. Some believe they were a second generation Christians. It is believed that this book was written about 70 CE, or that is uh, 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 what we might call the common era. And theologians have changed that from the common era. You know, they use A.D. used to be anyway. Before the destruction of the temple. But moreover, the Jewish Christians to whom the book was written were probably undergoing fierce persecution socially, physically, both from Jews and the Romans. And since Christ had not returned to establish his kingdom, and the people needed to be reassured that Christianity was true and that Jesus indeed was the Messiah and he was coming back. But because of their impatience, the Hebrew Christians began to slack off. The central message of the Hebrews is, as I said before, Christianity is superior because Christ is supreme and is completely sufficient for salvation. Now, there are some points that we can glean from this text, and I hope you all help me so that I can get on out of here. One of the things that we see in the text, Brother Past, is let us draw near together. Let us draw near together. And, 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 and the writer wants us to make use of the open way and to come close to the presence of God. The Amplified Translation says it this way, and I quote, let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith by leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust, confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, and having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilt or evil conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. That's a long 
long, a long, a long statement. But I like to look at that in the Wesleyan way. It, it, when, when, when a person who accepts Christ as their Lord and Savior, we say they become justified. In other words, you are all right with God. But then after that, there's a journey that we all got to take. A journey throughout the lifetime. And in that journey, we say in the Wesleyan way, is a journey of sanctifying grace. That means that you're not perfect. That means you got some bumps and lumps in your life that you fall down. And it is the spirit of God who helps you to get up. But each day we're trying to be more like Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you may tell a little white lie, but a lie is a lie. But then guess what? It is the Holy Spirit that says, you know, get on up so that you can stay in alignment with Jesus Christ. We may not get there, but we keep on going on day by day, one foot in front of another. I like the, was the song that, 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 that uh, was it, Brother, um, can't think of his name, Grace? No, 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 no. But he says, it was grace. You know, that I'm an old man, so I forget it. <laughs> but one thing I can tell you, that each day on this earth and in this life, as you are moving on as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, there are going to be times that winds of adversity are going to cause you to blow over. You're going to stumble and fall. But thanks be to God that you can repent and get up and keep on going on because it is the grace of God that is giving you the strength. There are going to be some distractions and obstacles that prevent believers getting closer to Christ. Various forms of enticements, temptations, social media, video games, barricades of all descriptions. But keep on striving to stay together with the saints of God. Secondly, let us hold fast to the confession together. The writer gives this second word of encouragement to firmly, securely hold on tightly, tightening down our confession of hope. I like the way the Amplified Version says, so let us seize and hold fast and restrain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess. That's in verse 22. Brother Pastor, I recall my days as a young sailor. When we came in the port and they had to tie up the ship. On a windy day, that is the worst time to try to come in the port. And, and so when they get to the pier, they throw out a line, and those on the on 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 the, on, the, on the dock will try to take that line and the eye of it and put it on the ballard that's there. 
Meanwhile, you got some sailors on the deck of the ship who are holding on tightly to that line, trying to pull it in and pull it up and so that they can tie down on the cleats or the ballast on the deck of the ship. But you know, wind is a powerful force. It can blow you and it can blow against a ship and cause being tied up a long time. But let me, let me say it like this. In our lives, we have winds that blow against us. Uh, we, we, the winds that blow against us try to affect our faith. And, and when you try to hold on, it looks like the adversity of the winds keep blowing you back and back and back. But 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 but, but don't you know when 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 you, when you gather with the saints, it is the saints like those sailors on the deck that are helping you to hold on to your faith. As you hold on tightly, there's somebody that can help you. Hold on tighter and tighter till finally your ship of life can get tied by the pier in the haven of rest. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody in here have had trials and tribulations in your life that you felt like giving up? You've had a marriage that's gone down the sewer and you want to give up on your faith. You've had children who've gotten arrested and you, you thought that you were bringing them up, but they are gone astray. You're on a job and you think that you are secure in your job and then you go there in a pink slip. I guess they don't send pink slips anymore. They send a pink email to you letting you know that you are no longer employed. But thanks be to God that you can hold on tightly, tightening up your grip on your faith, knowing that this wind of adversity is not going to blow you away. The wind forces of adversity try to force you to give up. Pastor, I, I know in some churches, I've been around a while, some pastors say, I don't allow testifying in the church because it ends up becoming testifying. <laughs> but, 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 but I believe that this is the place that you come to share what your inner problems are. And just perhaps when somebody is earnestly testifying about the goodness and the grace and the mercy of the Lord, who is plenteous in his mercy and his grace, it might help that other person who's sitting there. Will he do it? Yes, he will. I've been on a sick bed and now I'm standing. Will he do it? Yes, he will. I, I had death to come in my family, but he will comfort you in the midst of your sorrow. So the word of God says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season. The point of the matter is the well-doing at that time could be just the word of God that is being shared in the congregation and someone hears it. You know, preaching is not only done by the pastor, but it's done by the servants of the Lord. 
Everybody's got a sermon to preach. Everybody's preaching. Whether it's in the church, in the street, or in the job. And so it is good. And as we move on into the message, it talks about, you know, do not neglect together. As some has made a practice of not doing, or neglecting to do. Now, I got some time on me. And when they brought up, you know, uh, social media, I've had a difficult time trying to keep up. I'm going to confess that. And then when COVID came, Lord have mercy. And they, they shut the, you know, they didn't shut the church down. They just put it on pause. Folk got happy that they could have their altar in the living room. In the rec room, at the kitchen table, in the living room, and Lord have mercy, in the bedroom. And, 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 and it got so comfortable. There's a pastor standing down there at the intersection of Metropolitan Church Road and 210 saying, come on, come on, come on. What we found out, we had malingering Methodists, bedside Baptists, and lazy Lutherans. And pretending Pentecostals. But the, the, the point of the matter is when the doors open and he said, come on back, folk had every reason of why not to come back. I got the miseries in my back. I can't get my car out. My knees are hurting. Every reason to stay right there. But allow me if you for a moment, if the late Clarence White and Anna White would have been here, they'd have pulled that band up here and come right on here. It was only one or two folk here. Now, I'm not dismissing the fact that, that, that the, the social media has its place. But sometimes it, it creates a circumstance in which people become separated from one another and there's not that personal connection to come and stay together and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. I can do it in my bedroom. Sure you can. But somehow or another, there's that synergy that comes together when we are all gathered in the house of God and we're worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Do I have a witness here this morning? I know what it's like when, you know, because uh, I, I was in ICU over a month. And uh, my, my girlfriend and wife was one of the same, just, just kept on asking God and worrying God not to let me go see Mr. Thornton. <laughs> just like. Well, 
It's just like the, the lady who kept bugging the, the, the judge, you know, who didn't fear God and all that. She just kept wearing it and wearing it and wearing it. So God said, okay, go ahead, take it. <laughs> and, and I know what it's like when, you, you know, you, you're sick and you sitting up here in your sitting room and seeing the preacher preaching all that. And then if I want to, I can go get my coffee and come on back and sit down. And, and 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 before you know it, you get conditioned to that bed. You get conditioned to that recliner, and then you can rationalize and say, "I know God is here. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent." <laughs> and did I say it right? Yeah. And we just relax and relax. And before you know anything, one month's gone by, two months, one year, two years. And then when Pastor Mason said, come on, you know, down to uh, Pomonke, uh, we'll get there, Pastor. You know, we'll get there. But, beloved, let us stay together in coming together in the house of worship. Because when the assembly is gathered together, that synergy, that the spirit of God can just radiate electrically all over the place. And before you know it, you're standing up praising God. I'm all right, girl. Okay. Beloved, our Lord reminds us with these words. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of all power to harm you and have conquered it for you. The Holy Spirit helps us with the towing of the mooring lines of faith as a helper and strengthener. The Spirit empowers us to overcome the challenges during troubling times. Also, the Spirit of God helps us to endure in the midst of the storms of life, thereby reinforcing our faith. Beloved, we let us stay together because by staying together, the Spirit joins with us and help us overcome the challenges of life. And finally, let us consider one another. The word of encouragement translated from its Greek rendering means observe well, understand on another in a reciprocal relationship. The thrust of the meaning is getting to know one another in the intimacy of a community of faith. Basically, what we are describing is being in the assembly, being with one another. And you, and you see, there is a magnetic attraction, metaphorically speaking, that draws one to desire to be a part of the community. In more contemporary terms, there is an invitation to come stay with us. Now, uh, I, I, I don't know all of the, the new um, um, musical celebrities, 
but let me go back a few years. How many of us used to go to cabarets? <laughs> oh. Well, remember when you were getting up to the door to give your ticket? before you got in to the place and you had your assortment of spirits. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when you heard the music play, you, you hadn't even gotten inside of the dance hall. Haven't even got you the entrance. Thomas A. Dorsey, the, the great gospel writer, played with uh, Ma Rainey and a lot of other folk. He took some of that music and brought it into the gospel. And, 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 and as the same music, that the folk, I guess they use the term rock with on Saturday night, was the same music they rocked to on Sunday morning. What would it look like if we were concerned with one another's spirituality? And before 10 o'clock, the ushers would have to be, you know, making sure they got enough space for the folk to get in here into this worship center. How many of the folk would be outside the door? Can't wait to get in and give some praise to the Lord. To realize the fact that you very well could have been on a bed of affliction. Yeah, yeah. To realize the fact that you could have been laying in an examination room or a preparation room. To give the fact that you're not in a jailhouse this morning. To give the fact that you're able to put one foot in front of another. I should be glad that I can go to the house of worship this morning. I can be glad that the spirit of God made a way for me. I can be glad that the Lord shined upon me with his radiance and his grace and his mercy and allowed me to come one more time in the house of worship to give praise to the Lord. And if I can, I can dance to the Lord for the goodness and the mercy that he has bestowed upon me this day. That he allowed me one more month, one more Sunday, one more first day of the week to give praise to God. Because very well it could have been that I would not have been able to even speak, not even walk, not even talk, but not even see one another. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord.
I'm reminded of the occasion when two disciples of John followed our Lord and asked, what are you looking for? The disciples of John responded, Rabbi, where are you staying? Jesus said, come and see. First John, the first John, the first chapter, 35 through 39. The next day, Jesus found Philip and said, join me in my attendance and follow me. Simply put, Jesus invited these ordinary men to become his disciples. He considered their potential and called them to become his disciples. In a manner of speaking, Jesus invited them to stay with him. Al Green, R&B singer and late ordained clergy, in 1971 wrote the popular song, Let's Stay Together. I started to, to, to uh, bring a recording of that, but I didn't know about the licensing issues. <laughs> but the theme of that song was unconditional love where you are determined to stick it out through the good times and the bad. And that song became a popular wedding song to some degree. The point of the matter is, even though we're talking about marriage, we're also talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. That, 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 that when a person comes to give his or her hand to the pastor and his or her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're coming and making a vow, let us stay together. Let us, you know, in the good times, Lord, I know you're going to be with me. In the bad times that I have, I know you're going to be right there with me. When I'm down in the wells and the dungeons of life, you're going to be right there with me. Lord, when I, 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 I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, I know you're with me because the S-O-N is still shining his radiant grace in the dark valleys of life. And so I say, in terms of the spirit of God, let's stay together. The paracletos. I like to say it, Pastor, our walk buddy, who's right with us on the roads of life. It's helping us to fight our battles. And so, the clarion call is let's stay together. Closing. Metropolitan, God has blessed you for over 154 years. Some churches haven't lasted 154 days. But you're talking about staying together through the good times of being on the mountaintops and in the bad times of various forms of oppression, racism, Sexism, all other kinds of isms, and the movement of the Kappa Kappa Kappa. 
KKK. <laughs> that have been moving amongst the folk. And even through this community. But guess what? Metropolitan stayed together. They stayed together when segregation and Jim Crow came about. And now, James Crow Esquire is still trying to take away your freedoms. But guess what? Metropolitan is still standing 154 years against all of the winds of adversity because it was founded on the rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. And so, beloved, don't neglect to gather in the house of worship. Stay together. Even though sometimes, Pastor, you may get into your council meeting and temperature might go up. But beloved, after all is said and done, let's stay together. Let's love on one another. Because you're doing that which is vital to the Lord. Keep on keeping on and staying together. And as I said, the Lord is going to bless you real good. Let the church say amen. amen. The invitation to discipleship has been given by the Reverend Al Green. <laughs> Beloved, the point of the matter is, is you know your relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it may be that uh, the word has been shared with you through the various elements of this worship service through the uh, anointed ministry of the music from the praise team, through the word shared with you, and maybe from these lisping, stammering tongue of a preacher. But the bottom line is, are you in right standing with Jesus Christ? I can't save you, but I know someone who can. And so I would say to you, if you have uh, fallen off or slipped down, I'll say, on the road, that this is a time to get right with God. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church and ministries, please visit us at www.metroumcindianhead.com. Until next time, peace and blessings.